Are you finished eating your ice cream cone? I'm done. Are you sure? Yep. Okay, Lord, and thank you for Dominique and um, help her to uh, do better with planning her commitments, especially when it comes to eating ice cream and not even having any for me to eat. So um, but Jesus, you know, I know you love her just like you love me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And that's my prayer for today. Hey, 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 it's your girl Danny. This is my co-host Damo. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the I'm Safe But podcast, where we help millennial Christians transition from religion to relationship by creating a space where we can be transparent about what our walk with God really looks like. Absolutely. We are here for episode five. Episode five, we are going to start it off right away with trigger warning. Okay. Um, Today we are really, really diving into just the mental health side of being a Christian and how it impacts our walk with Christ. And so we have a couple topics that we're going to try to get through today. We have a special guest today, and we are so excited for you all to hear from her. But if you haven't, go back, check out episodes one through four. Episode four, last week, we also talked about mental health, and we had a guest my little sister, Adasia, so definitely go in and check her out um, in last week's episode. Today, short overview, we are going to talk about how there are so many scriptures in the Bible about our mind, mm. right? There's so many things that come up in the Bible about us guarding our mind, about us transforming our mind, about us, you know, really focusing on making sure that our minds align with the will of God, pretty much right? How our minds can change, how our minds and our hearts are connected together, all of that. And so we we had some conversations and we came up with this question of like, if that's the case and God talks so much about us transforming our minds, why is it that we as Christians don't take mental health more seriously? Hmm. And so that is our focus for today. Why do we as Christians don't take mental health more seriously? So today's episode is titled, I'm saved, but my mind's telling me no. Part two. Part two. <laughs> Part two. Um, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to start off by just talking about two scriptures that we want to kind of base this conversation in. Danny, you want to give them the first one? All right. So the first one is one of my favorites. Okay. Proverbs 23 and seven part a says for as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. How you think with your heart? Ma'am, your heart technically you're talking about your mind. You know, that's what they're really talking about. You know, it's in your heart right there. Yeah, I, I like that. One, my pastor actually cleared, cleared that up for me because for a long time I was confused. That's like, you think it ain't your heart, but the Bible talk about the heart being deceitful. And so I'm just like, what, you know, what is he talking about? But it's your mind, right? He connects your mind and your heart together. 
right? Perfect. So with whatever you're going through, if you're thinking negative, if you're thinking down, if you're thinking all these things that just are not going right, that's what's going to continue to happen for you. Yeah. And I feel like even like when you talk about the heart, the heart is kind of like the the treasure chest of, of the soul. You know what I'm saying? Like it is yes. the place in which we hold the things that we believe to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is something that is opposite of what God says yep. about us, um, or even if it's opposite of what is true about us, period, you yeah. know? And so it's just like, it's so important for us to just be really, really aware of the things that we take as truth. Is this really true? And how do we judge that? Judge it against the word of God. Absolutely. And I feel like also with that, like, I feel like we had our trauma in our heart too. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. We had it in our heart and in our mind, right? It really influences everything that we do. So if we don't heal, yeah, right. If we don't heal from that trauma, our actions are pushed by trauma. Can you imagine that everything that you do being pushed by what you're afraid of or how you've been hurt? Mm-hmm. Like what kind of outcome would you get out of that? If everything you do is out of fear or out of pain or out of um, not trusting people or, you know, worried about this, worried about that, it's going to hinder you more than it is going to push you forward. True. And so one scripture that comes to my mind when thinking about that, if we know that so a man thinks it's in his heart, right? So is he. One scripture that has, it came up for me, I think right before I got to college or it may have been like my first year of college. Um, and it really like just opened my eyes to so many things. And my scripture was Romans 12 and two. And it says, be not conformed to the world, uh-huh. but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say it one more time. Be not conformed to the world, uh-huh. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so for me, what that meant was don't give in. You know, we we always connect the world with the bad, with the negative, with temptation, with, you know, things that hinder us or stop us, right? So it's saying, don't fall into those. Don't fall into these cycles. Don't fall into this temptation. Don't give into your flesh, but actually cover, guard, change, right? Alter your thinking. Think think towards the end goal, right? Like we talked about a couple episodes ago about like your faith, being being seeing things that are not there right what you hope for right and for me that scripture was literally like okay my mind has me thinking and wanting to do and if my flesh is strong in those places or in some cases weak in a lot of places then I'm going to give into it but if I guard my mind if I renew my mind to think towards what God wants me to do and how I can be better and how I can be an example if that's what I'm thinking that's what I'm gonna be because like we just said the word says whatever I think is what I'm gonna be and I feel like also you know when you're talking about that and we're talking about you know 
being conformed to something to be conformed to something means to be molded you know to to take the shape of something else and if we are in our minds taking the shape of the world then that means that we do not take on the shape of jesus christ so then when the world see us what are we reflecting what what do we look like and that even goes to the fact, you know, people say, you know, oh, well, I've been this way all my life. This is just how it is. It's just how, you know, I am. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can change if you, you want change. to. If you want to. Yep. You, you can change. If you are open to asking the Holy Spirit to really go inside your heart and really deal with and confront some areas and aspects of your heart and your life that have caused you to take on certain personality traits, um, like Dominique said, based off your trauma, uh, then you will see how the Holy Spirit will begin to change the way that you think, change the way that you perceive the world, change the way in which the world will actually perceive you because now you're no longer presenting with your trauma in front. You are presenting with the Holy Spirit in front. Transform your mind. Renew your mind, y'all. Yeah. I'm trying (laughs) to see. Do I want to give you a churchy introduction? I will. Praise God. Not the churchy. Not the churchy. Praise the Lord, everybody. Our guest today needs no introduction. (laughs) This woman of God, I have known her for the last, what, 12 years, 12, 13 years. Yeah. Look, and once we got together, look, we have not been able to be apart. She has been a critical part of my life. She was one of my first counselors. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I remember sitting on her couch. Back. All right, in the cab, and let me tell you, when I tell you this woman of God, yeah, got me together. <laughs> she she is one of the trusted voices that I have in my life. That mm-hmm. I know if I really needed her, I could call her, and I she will you. read me my right. And give <laughs> the word of the Lord and give me a good church hug afterwards. I love it. I love so, it. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I present to some and introduce to none other than my sister, Come on. our Lillian. Yes, Amen. I love that. <laughs> ah! That's for that Lord, intro. Come on. You know? <laughs> Had to let the Lord use me a little bit. So, Lily, you have a lot of these acronyms behind your name. And I cannot, um, I don't know what all of them mean. So, if you (laughs) could, just pretty please let the people know what they are. Sure. Um, I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. So, LCPC in the state of Illinois. Um, I'm also a nationally certified counselor. So um, I just do what I do. <laughs> how long have you been? It. How long have you been working in counseling? Oh, I've been in the mental health field in total almost 10 years. Um, but I've been in therapy and actually counseling for about six. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we got a couple questions here for you today. All um, right. And I'm excited because this conversation, I think, is one that's well overdue. So as we said earlier, one of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation is because for some reason, we as Christians do not take mental health seriously. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we saw in or what we read about in our word talks about transforming, changing, renewing our minds. And it's like, if God keeps telling us that our minds are so important or our Mm -hmm. minds pretty much push us into whatever we're going to be, if he keeps putting emphasis on it, why don't we take, you know, mental health issues serious enough? And so me and Danny wanted to bring you in just to pick your brain about that um, and a couple other topics too. So let's jump right in it. Sure. Um, our first question that we sent to you, um, just in general, what's your role and passion for mental health? Why did you go into that area? Sure. Um, to be honest, growing up, like in high school or younger, we didn't, well, I didn't really see a lot of black counselors, um, or black therapists, um, or even conversations happening about mental health. I didn't know about mental health until college barely like grad school so (laughs) um you know so that's when it started like people started to talk about it um but even before then I saw a lot of my family members struggling Mm -hmm. and of course back then I'm not understanding why well cousin Ronnie he got to stay over here or just ignore auntie so-and-so um because of some of the things that they were exhibiting um but in my family it was on the hush hush so I wanted to dive more into that. Like, why is it specifically in the in the black culture? But in general, I grew up in the church. So I didn't hear about mental health in the church. I didn't hear about therapy in the church. Um, so I want to say towards the end of undergrad and going into grad school, I wanted to kind of tap into counseling. Um, and I would talk to God a, a lot about, OK, what, what am I supposed to be doing in my career? I still didn't know um, God used me. And I think Probably this year is when I started to realize that God really wanted to use me in mental health. Um, but that's where my passion stemmed from, is that a lot of African-American counselors, you didn't really see it. It was very absent. Um, but also seeing like in my community, there wasn't a lot of resources or support um, mm-hmm. for black people. There wasn't a lot of that seen. It's not really talked about. And I saw a lot of my people suffering. Um, men, women, children suffering. So that kind of sparked my passion. Um, and it also kind of pushes me into wanting to to dismantle the stigma, um, on mental illness and mental health and removing that. So if I just, that's enough. (laughs) That's heavy. That's a lot. That's a lot. I think, uh, for me, it brings up, like I teach, um, I know we haven't checked in in a minute, but I teach ninth grade and I teach a social justice class. And so I talk a lot in my class about, um, addiction Mm -hmm. and I get the students to a place where they understand that addiction shouldn't be criminalized. It should be supported as a mental health issue. And so by you just saying that of like a lot of things that were on the hush or a lot of things that, you know, family and church didn't talk about or just we as black people, how our lives started, you know, coming from slavery into, you know, being put 
made as criminals because of addiction. It's like all of these mental health issues or things that we hide are rooted way back in history mm-hmm. for things that we've never been able to just to actually get help for. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's why it's become kind of a, a talking point for me too, of just like, I have so many family members that struggle with addiction, struggle with other mental health illnesses yeah. too, that I'm just like, why aren't we talking about these things? Exactly. Like we could probably, you know, identify these things earlier or get the help, you know, or find, like you said, we don't have the resources in our community either. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so glad to know that other people are definitely <laughs> in that same boat too. For sure. And people aren't getting the help, you know, so that's important for, um, you know, us as a community, but also for people to see there are black professionals or, or just professionals in general who yeah. see the need and want to kind of fulfill that in any way that they can. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So Lily, I've been in counseling consistently for the last, what, three years? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, amazing. And, you know, I feel like I really want you to touch on you know, why is it that it is so hard for Christians to understand that you going to therapy or get, or, you know, counseling or even struggling with a mental illness does not mean that, you know, uh, you, you've messed up or it doesn't mean that you're weak. Mm-hmm. It just means that, you know, there are certain areas, you know, in your mind that you need to pay a little extra attention to. So can you like speak on that just about like some of the stereotypes, the stigmas, mm-hmm. you know, behind church folks, black people in particular For sure. <laughs> and going to counseling? Sure. Um, I think this is something that is near to my heart, near and dear to my heart, only because, again, I was raised in the church. We didn't talk about mental health. Therapy wasn't really talked about unless you were going to see the pastor for certain mm-hmm. things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but how I see it in, in just conversations that I've had with God is that, you know, he's very particular on who he chooses and anoints in different arenas in different careers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I strongly believe that God has anointed people in the mental health field to take on that. Um, but specifically in the church, you know, I grew up with a, with a grandmother old school. You better pray about it. You better go up there and get your prayer. You better get, you know, some oil and get some hands laid on you and things like that. And I think it's important to, to first start in saying that going to therapy is not removing the power of God. It does yeah. not discredit the power of God or yeah. what God can do and what prayer can do. Um, I'm just a big believer of therapy and Jesus or Jesus and therapy, that there is work that God is doing, will continue to do, but there's also work that we have to do. There are some deep rooted things that happen um, to people, things that are um, generational, things that happen in the family that, yes, God is God can heal and he will heal. But there's also work to do. There's also um, it's just a lot of I don't know how to really say it, but it's a lot of good stuff that can happen when you have a therapist to kind of talk to someone who is educated, who is trained, who can specifically help you and guide you and support you in certain areas. 
Um, but I think church folk have become accustomed to um, just prayer and just praying about it and we'll take it to God. Um, and that's just currently I'm, I'm working with a family who is completely against therapy, culturally, completely against it. You better go to church. Um, and the reason why you're dealing with that is because you haven't talked to God. And it's so much more than that. You know what I mean? So my biggest thing is, again, in the church, therapy is taboo. Very much so taboo is one of those things that church people don't want to talk about. Not just church people, but in the church is very much so deep rooted. But I, I believe it becomes a, a, a mental thing. Well, I, if I pray about it, if I talk to God, I'll just leave it there. Yes. But deliverance is continuous. It doesn't just happen and then you, you're done. That continuous part is that work that you have to do, mm -hmm. that work and kind of yeah. getting it up, dealing with that deep rooted issues and kind of talking it out. So um, I think it's just stem from, you know, generation and generational of church, prayer, Jesus, that's all you need. Um, and I'm just a firm believer that there's so much more. There's Jesus and therapy, and combined with that, that's where healing comes from. So, honey, yes. I'm not the same person I was. <laughs> Amen. Come on. And I feel like also, and I think we're going to hit on this too. Um, in the last episode, we talk about how our trauma hinders our ability to submit and yeah. obey God. And yeah. we've been talking about in past episodes also about who are you hearing from. Who is leading you? Is it your trauma or is it the mm. Lord? Because, yeah, in, yeah. you know, is it the devil? But a lot of times it's not the devil. A lot of times right. it, it it is our, our trauma. Exactly. <laughs> it's our trauma. It is our yep. trauma that leaves us gridlocked yeah. in disobedience. Mm -hmm. And um, I know just like for myself, I have been able to hear the Lord so much clearer since I've been in therapy. Amen. Like so much clearer. Yeah. Now it's just like, he's like, oh, you want to know what the real problem is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm my business washing the dishes. He's like, you want to know what the real problem is? I said, of course, Lord. Yeah. He's like, you prideful. It's your pride. I said, okay. He just lay it out to you like that. Yeah. Man, but I would not be a like I would not have been able to receive that. That's right. Had I not been doing the work to acknowledge the yeah. trauma yeah. that I have incurred throughout my life and also being aware of the generational trauma yes. that has mm -hmm. incurred in my family. Yeah. Which is why we need to talk a little bit more about what's going on in, you know, our families, because mm -hmm. this what happens in this house stays in this house has become something that is very, very toxic yeah. and will also cause us to misdiagnose ourselves yes. because I, the yeah. real issue is one thing and you can't always tell what it is just based off of the off of the fruit. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, I think I think just that point alone yeah. and like Lily hit on it and you hit on it like people don't understand what release you get from just talking about stuff. Girl. Yeah. Like just saying it out loud. 
Yeah. Because like, like you said, like we grew, we all grew up in families where it was like, what goes on in here stays in here. Or like you said, we, we going to push this cousin, this uncle that's going through to the side. We're not going to talk about, you know, how they act different and they think different. Like we never, like even things like we said of generational things that I found out as 31 years old, like a couple years ago, things that my mom went through, that her mom went through, that her yeah. mom went through, that yep. I went through. But I'm like, I wouldn't have had to go through it if you would have told me. Hello. Yep. Like you, if you would have just told me what you went through, how you got yourself in this situation, I probably could have navigated my life differently. So I wouldn't end up in that same situation. That's because right. I am, I so heavily believe that. I can learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I observe so much that I'm like, when I see that someone else took these steps to get down this path, I know, okay, God, I don't want that. I'm going to go down a different, like God <laughs> showed right. me a different path. But it's like we said, like we come from the, like, and again, no shade, no hate, anything to our parents or generations That's before because right. they did what they knew to do. Right. But if we talked more, and that's what all therapy and counseling is, if we talked more, talk through these things, how we got there, figure out what the root is, there are a lot of situations that we probably wouldn't even have to go through. A lot of, if we want to get spiritual generational curses that we could that's stop right. Yeah. if we were all just more open about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like... Like we said, it's it's the black community because we know <laughs> for right, ourselves. Right. But I think minority communities in general, because oh, sure. because this struggle of just you know feeling low or going through all these negative things doesn't just happen in the black happen to black people. It's yeah, all minority right. communities together. We're gonna when it when it comes to trauma, right? So it's funny that you guys are talking about trauma because I do a, a mental health live, and this week we were talking about trauma. Um, because trauma, everyone has experienced it, but a lot of people we're as a, as a world, we're all experiencing it right now. Um, but I think, yeah, but with trauma in order to really deal with that, um, it's going to be uncomfortable. Those Mm. feelings are what people do not want to feel. You're going to be uncomfortable because when we start really pulling at that trauma, we're going to touch on some stuff. You're going to cry. You're going to get mad. You may get angry with me. You may stop coming for a little bit. But trauma hits a nerve and it starts talking about, like you guys said, those generational things Mm -hmm. Um, or just talking about it. It it takes you to a place of being vulnerable. A lot of people aren't able to get to that. They don't feel comfortable with that. And how dare you even bring that up? So (laughs) trauma, it just it hits different. So I'm so glad that you guys have brought that out. Yeah. Can you, as a licensed professional, (laughs) give us the actual definition, like give us the the Lily definition of trauma. (laughs) What what is it? So to be honest with you, I I do it simply and I define it simply as an emotional response to a disturbing Mm -hmm. or distressing event. Wow. Um, and that can be that can be abuse, that can be a natural disaster, that can be an accident. Um, that can even be something that we've experienced personally or we've witnessed. So back, back, back years and years and years and years ago, 
Um, people only knew trauma from PTSD and soldiers. Mm-hmm. So they only knew that trauma piece when it came to war. Mm-hmm. So when those soldiers were coming back and they started to have all these PTSD responses, that's what they labeled as trauma. Mm-hmm. But then research shows that it's so much more than that, just war. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So then they opened it up and said, well, there are different types of trauma. So that's my simple definition um, because it encompasses so much. You know what I mean? And you can be exposed to trauma without you being the direct recipient of that trauma. So even if you experience it in your family, even if you know what I mean, even experiencing it on social media. And that's a big thing that I've been talking about because we're seeing murders happen on social media. We're seeing abuse happen on social media. We're seeing all these things happen on social media that now we've become a little numb to it because we're seeing it so much, right? So it, it so that's my simple definition. I can go on and on because trauma can go so deep and a lot of people don't understand um, trauma and how a lot of people have been exposed to trauma and have no idea they've been no. exposed to it. And, <laughs> like, and like we said, like they're responding to it, they're like their actions and their moves and how their, you know, their trajectory of their life is in response to trauma that they don't even realize they've been. No clue. No and clue. that's just that's just nuts to me because it's like yeah. you won't find out until you talk. Yep. And but like we said, people are afraid to get vulnerable. People are afraid to open up. People are just afraid to you know, let people see their full sales because again, because of trauma, because, you know, maybe they've been shut off in the past or, you know, ridiculed or, you know, treated differently because of it. But yeah, that's heavy. We definitely don't understand it. I think even now, like I'm still trying to understand it and like, I'm not in a counseling position, but as a teacher, like Mm -hmm. students want you to be their counselor. Like I've had students come to me and reveal things that I'm just like, whoa, whoa, wait. Yeah, yeah. This is not my specialty, but I'm going to lie. Like, this is a lot. Do you mind if I share this with our social worker? (laughs) Like, I have to go straight to that because I like, yes, I can give advice for my own personal experience, but because I'm not well-versed and studied in it, I don't want to, you know, suggest anything, but it's so real. Like, and if, any profession where you deal with people, I feel like you're going to become someone's counselor, their ear, like in some way or another. And we have to be advocates for that for real. Oh, for sure. And I think in communities of color, we just don't talk about it enough. Like it keeps coming back there. Like we just don't talk about it enough. And that stresses me out. Yeah. And even for people like being a teacher or working with people, when we hear I know for me, when I hear traumatic things or when someone comes in and divulges that, that's traumatizing to me. That's yes. vicarious trauma. So, you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, you've been carrying that for how long? Yes. That's how- hit me like a ton of bricks. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So yes. even in those instances, it's heavy. Yeah. Very heavy. Yeah. I think um, one of, so our focus for this pod is like always to connect it back to the experience of like our walk with Christ, mm-hmm. right? So the I'm safe, but movement is to provide people a space to be transparent and to help them, you know, transition from the, from religion to developing a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of a gray area, but I want to see if you could comment on like how mental health 
and the quality of your relationship with God go hand in hand. Sure. Like we had this thought of like faith is mental, right? Because faith mm-hmm. is believing something that you cannot see. That's right. Right. And so if you can like comment on how having, you know, good, <laughs> healthy yeah. mental health and how that impacts your relationship with God. Sure. And I think um, you or Danielle, you touched on it earlier. It's so weird calling you Danielle. I always call you sis or bubbles. But um, <laughs> I think you touched on it earlier about um, when you're in therapy, you know what I mean? It can definitely increase your relationship with Christ because now you can hear clearly. You can talk to him clearly. That relationship builds. Um, but I think what happens to people when they've experienced trauma, that there's a huge um, distrust, um, or fear that comes with that. So if I've experienced trauma, a lot of times in the church or Christians, um, they equate that to what God allowed it to happen or things happen because God, you know, allowed it, or he said it was okay, or these things happen. So they begin to question their relationship with God. They begin to question who God is in their life. And I think, um, a lot of that stems from life and experiences. So the more you grow in Christ, um, you begin to understand things better. Um, but also if you're struggling with mental illness and mental health and it's not being talked about in church, your pastor isn't talking about it. You're thinking something's wrong with you. You're thinking that you're you're the only one. You start to isolate yourself because if my pastor isn't talking about it, my family isn't talking about it. My friend's probably not talking about it. It's just me. I'm depressed. You know, I'm going to get more depressed because no one is talking about it. And I don't feel connected to mm-hmm. anybody because no one is talking about it. And that's why I'm very big on these conversations. So I'm glad that you guys are having these conversations because there are people in the church who have not heard about mental health and therapy and are going to listen to this podcast and feel validated. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel heard. They're going to feel understood. Um, but I, I think that happens in the church because if I'm not hearing about it and I feel isolated because I grew up in a church years ago, um, that if you dealt with depression, you were doing something. What you doing? Been drinking, you've been smoking, you've been doing drugs, you've been mm-hmm. you've been hanging out with these boys or anything like that. So now mm-hmm. I'm the victim, but you're making it seem like I did something or just anything. So I think growing up like that, a lot of times people start to not really trust God or trust God's word or trust him to be um, our father or show that unconditional, you know, love. And I think that disconnect can definitely try to se- try to separate you from the love of God. Um, because also with mental illness, and I always talk about this is those, you know, self-defeating thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those negative thoughts, those that negative self-talk that the enemy loves to throw at us. If he sees us struggling, Oh, he loves to kick us while we're down. You know what I mean? And if we're going further and further down, we feel less connected to God. We feel alone. Um, And I think that, and I know the enemy loves us in that place. You know what I mean? So when we're low like that, or we're struggling with mental illness and no one is reaching out, no one's talking about it. No one is educating me. I feel alone and I feel like God doesn't love me, or I feel like I'm isolated and God doesn't hear me. Um, so I think there's a huge disconnect. I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that, but I think there's a huge disconnect with that. Yeah, I think that's really good. Of just simply, we grew up believing that if something was wrong, it's our fault. Yep. 
And if, if that's what you believe, then like you said, like we, we start to not trust God fully. Mm-hmm. And so how can you have a full relationship with God if everything that in everything that you do, you're like, nope, something's wrong with me. I'm not okay. Like God's doing this to me because he's trying to reveal something or, you know, it's right. always like God is condemning me. And I mm-hmm. think I mentioned this um, in another episode of just like my early experiences with church and with God and understanding the relationship. I felt like if I did something wrong, he wasn't there. Yep. And so like, I feel like that's kind of the the connection there. It's like, we've been taught for so long that if something's going wrong, it's our fault. We're doing mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. but people, people are born with mental health issues. Yeah. yeah. Like you're telling me that people with autism and people with, you know, all of these other like mental health issues, they're at fault because they have autism. Right. Or they're at fault because, you know, whether it's a learning disability, whatever it is, like yeah. the church has us feeling that way. And that causes exactly. us, like you said, to sink deeper into that. That mm-hmm. that's real. That's heavy. Yeah. That's real heavy. That's I really heavy. <laughs> but I know I didn't put this on the list. Go for it. Let's get it. Well, okay. So of course, if you if you haven't read the Bible, what you won't understand or see is the different um stories that deal with trauma or or traumatic or or someone's response to a traumatic situation mm-hmm. like you have the story about Tamar David's mm-hmm. daughter that I feel like gets overlooked so much because I feel like one, because she was a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like not dealing with the story of Tamar and Tamar getting raped by one of her brothers and her father not doing anything about it, yeah. causing discord in their family and whatnot. And ultimately one of his other sons losing his life in his attempt to avenge his sister from his father. Um, can we talk about, I want to know what is one of your favorite Bible stories, um, you know, that is dealing with kind of like trauma or, you know, cause there's, there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them that you can kind of like look at. Like I have a whole long list in my head, <laughs> but it's just cause they all, they all starting to pop up in my head right mm-hmm. now. Um, but do you have, like a a story a bible story like a favorite bible story or even like a favorite um bible verse that has to deal with um dealing with trauma or coping with trauma or you know just something to encourage the people hmm i love that question um i don't know if well, it could be encouraging, but the first thing that came to my head was the woman with the issue of blood. And mm. the reason why I say that is because, you know, she was in a time when, when you're on your menstrual period, you know, you go away. Like people don't want to deal with you. You got to, you know, separate yourself. You were considered unclean. Yeah. Um, but Jesus didn't see it that way. You know what I mean? Um, he didn't steer her away. He understood and he felt it as soon as she touched his, his garment, he felt that. So the reason why I thought about that is because in mental illness or mental health, um, people who are suffering, they're shunned. 
Mm-hmm. They are they are tossed to the side. They are isolated and things like that. And it's the total opposite of what we should be doing. You know what I mean? Christ said, bring her to me. He automatically knew who who she was. You know what I mean? When she touched um, his garment. So the reason why I think of that is because mental illness, the reason why I always talk about it is because mental illness can be seen as scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you don't really understand, you can see people who really, really suffer and struggle um, and they're isolated in the world. They're isolated in society. No one wants to be around them because they're very unpredictable. They can be. Um, and you just don't get it. But Jesus isn't like that. You know what I mean? God isn't like that. That's that unconditional love. He's our father. So he knows when we're in trouble. He knows when we're sick and, and we're not together and we're struggling and things like that. And he's not going to push us away. He wants us to come near. And if anything, he's going to look at y'all like y'all crazy because you're trying to isolate this person who is struggling. So that's the first thing I thought about. And I I just thank God because he knows our struggles. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with mental illness or we're unclean or we don't feel clean or we feel dirty and he wants us to come closer. Those are the times in which he really wants us Mm -hmm. to come to him and and have those conversations. So that's the first one I thought about. Um, That's just my take, but you know, I got to get back was, to my Bible. But that, but the, the thing is, <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a couple things that we can point out with that. Okay. A couple things we can point out. Gonna preach. Gonna preach. First of all, I'm ready for First of all, she was, dealing, she was dealing with this issue for mm-hmm. a very long time. Very long time. Mm-hmm. A very, very, very long time. And mm-hmm. she attempted, she, she, she went to all the doctors. She spent all That's the right. money, she, everything that she had. Okay. Yep. To try the, to fix the problem in mm-hmm. and of herself. Yeah. And I think yeah. the thing about mental illness and, and just mental health period is that so many times we try to handle situations in and of ourselves and we have all these other things that we are using to attempt to cope with our trauma to to fill this space to try to doctor it up to cover Mm -hmm. it up to fix it up but it doesn't work we're in a continuous cycle Okay. The second thing I feel like is interesting about that story is the fact that her position, you know, Mm -hmm. because of her, her, her issue of blood, she couldn't, she, she couldn't just walk up like everybody else. She had to be, it was a crowd of people, Mm -hmm. so she couldn't be seen. She had to be sneaky about it. Yeah. Okay. She had to be low. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, all these yeah. other people trying to get hands laid, they yeah. probably like, just t- touch yeah. me, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. If I can just. That's right. That's right. This, like, this, this, the last resort I got. If, mm-hmm. <laughs> if this don't work. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us are in that place where mentally it's just like, I have tried everything. They yeah. said to pray about it. They said to fast about it. They said yeah. to read the Bible about it. They said to worship about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still having these issues. So if I don't get some type of relief, come on. Yeah, yeah. This is it for me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the situation, her situation caused her to have to go 
and and make herself small because mm-hmm. she couldn't be seen. Because if she was seen, she would have been in trouble. Yeah. So it's just like in church, you can't. A lot of times we can't talk about what's really going on because if if we start talking about what's really going on, guess what? We'll get in trouble. People start trying to make you know it not be as big as it is. Like right. oh, it's not that. Just trust the Lord. Woo, 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 woo. It's going to be all right. Because some of that is toxic. Okay. Yeah. Which we'll hit when I get done with this. About our toxic <laughs> coping mechanisms in Christianity. Lord. But the fact that after she touched the hem of his garment, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, somebody had touched me. And the mm-hmm. disciples was just like, not like Jesus. Clearly. You see all these people? Right. All these folks. Like, what did, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So somebody, somebody touched me. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he turned around, went to where she was, That's picked right. her up, res- mm-hmm. and she was already healed because she touched yeah. the hem of his garment. Yeah. But then he restored her. Come on. You no longer have to hide in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You no longer have to hide anymore. Jesus is the restorer of your soul. Amen. Okay. Yeah. It's just like he, he already knows in a crowd of people. Well, all mm-hmm. the people that call themselves Christians. Yeah. He knows you. No. That's right. He 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 knows you are the one yeah. that yeah. touched him. And I think what what that brings up for me is what Lily said a little while ago is that she feels like people are appointed to mm-hmm. be therapists and to be counselors. You have to have the like, capacity to like God chose her. these people. God chose Amen. these people to work with the people who need it the most, who are on yeah. the most, who can't, you know, get can't get their needs across as everybody else can. And what I think what that what that put in the forefront for me was God was big on telling stories, yeah. giving parables, giving a message, right? Yeah. He was big on talking mm-hmm. about what's going on, the problems that he saw, how yeah. to fix them, how to deal with them, how to handle. That's all a therapist is. Yeah. That's all a counselor is. We yeah. sing the song all the time. He's a wonderful counselor. counselor. Yep. Y'all remember that song? Yeah. Yep. I grew I up with that, that song. song. I didn't sing that song. <laughs> You've never heard that song? Well, anyway, oh. he's a, it was a song that literally said he's a wonderful counselor. counselor. Yep. How can you go to God talking to him about every, any and everything? Yeah. But you can't do it for your natural self, too. Yeah. Like we 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 talked, I think maybe last episode or two episodes ago, just about how if we don't love us, right? If we don't deal with us, if we don't put ourselves into, you know, strict order, right? Or really understand and love who we are, how are we supposed to fully put our trust in God who we cannot right. see? Yeah. Right. And so I think like. The like both of these examples of just thinking about Tamar and thinking about the woman with the issue of blood, like in both cases, like someone came to their aid, mm-hmm. right? Because in Tamar's story, you said like dad didn't listen. No mm-hmm. one stood up for her, right? Mm-hmm. 
And the woman with the issue of blood, no one stood up for her. No one that was around trying to hear her. They shunned her. They pushed her away. It was like, nope, deal yep. with that on your own, right? But in both cases, God was the person to come in and say, like, you know, no, something needs to change, right? Yeah. We need to do something about this. We need to talk through this. Maybe she, Tamar confided in her brother, right? The one with the issue of blood went straight to God and was like, he, you know, I believe in him to fix me. Like yeah. there's somebody in the middle always like somebody that could get us closer. But if we don't, like we said, if we don't talk about these things, hash out these things or understand where these things are coming from. Right. If we don't feel comfortable, we're afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid mm-hmm. to be at our last straw. And it's like, I have nothing else left. Yeah. Like then we, we're keeping ourselves there. Yep. we're keeping ourselves there and I, I just I I just love the fact that like we can talk about like I, I'm loving everything about this <laughs> Honey, just to say it out loud because I've never had a conversation yeah. with anybody in my family about it and I know for a fact that I have so many people in my family with mental health issues oh, that have been sure. misunderstood that have been yeah. pushed away and I definitely hope that this gets to somebody whoever listening if you listen and I hope you hear that for sure yeah. Oh yeah, or family members who've experienced trauma, and it manifests in to- in like so many different ways. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a lot of people don't understand that things that happen to you or happen in your family, it it makes you who you are. You know what I mean. It may manifest in your relationships, um, you know, friendships at work, how you are. You know, it it just manifests so differently, and a lot of people don't understand that you don't have to live like that. You know mm. what I mean, like. You just don't have to, you know, God doesn't want you to to live like that, you know? So, yeah. When it comes to what we've learned about being Christians, what we learn in the church, you know, they, they are heavily on, take it to God, pray fast, you know, like heavy on the, like, just cast all your cares on God. Right. Mm -hmm. But we can do that. And I can, and I'm, I can testify to that of like, I'm always telling God about what's going wrong with me, but nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because I don't believe it. It's probably because there's a, like, I'm telling him stuff that I think, but I'm not getting to the root of what's going on with me. Yeah. And so what I'm seeing from like, just our conversations is that there's no balance. Mm-hmm. There's no how do we cater to our minds, which God tells us all the time to renew it, to fix it, to whatever we think is what's going to come to pass. Like if that's the case and he puts so much emphasis on our minds being in order right. and following him, trusting him and believing them. Mm-hmm. I think I want to ask that question. Like if you can, I know that's a heavy kind of difficult <laughs> question, Lily, but how can we create the balance? between belief, faith, trusting in God and taking our mental health seriously. Yeah. I think it starts with that conversation with God, right? Being real and honest about the situation that you're in or whatever you're struggling with or whatever you need help with. Um, Because God is always going to direct us to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves or direct us in ways that we can help ourselves. Um, but the balance is, of course, talking to God, but also remembering that you're human. So there are natural things that we can do to make sure that we're taking care of our own mental health. 
Um, so I always preach self-care. I always preach self-care and whatever magnitude that is, but also realizing that you're going to deal with stuff. How are you going to cope with that? Because a lot of times what we use as coping skills or strategies, they're not always good for us. You know what I mean? So that goes back to having that conversation with God and being realistic about it. You know what I mean? Because there are things that I may want to cope with that doesn't align with the word of God. So having that conversation with God, you know, I really want to go out and go drink or I really want to go out and do this, but I know it doesn't follow the word. So that balance comes in and just being real and having that conversation with Christ about it. Um, but again, self-care, but also learning yourself and talking to God about the things that you need um, and knowing your boundaries. You know what I mean? Like creating boundaries for yourself and create creating boundaries for the people around you. That's the biggest thing that I always preach to people. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing when you're taking on too much or knowing when you're dealing with too much or knowing when you really got to go seek help. Um, because again, I, I truly believe that God has anointed people in the helping field and not just counselors and therapists, yeah. teachers, you know what I mean? Or, or, or different uh, avenues that help people, but um, being real and, and understanding that if you are a, a believer, that God has placed different resources and things to help you as a believer. Um, and if you are having questions, you know what I mean? Align yourself with, with mentors or people who have the same beliefs as you and can speak life into you, but also going to tell you like, yeah, I think you need some therapy for that. Or I think you need to talk to someone um, a little bit more about that because my, that's not my avenue, you know? So having that balance is, is understanding and, and knowing you and knowing yourself. Um, but also your triggers, you know what I mean? Like if there are certain things that get to you or if there are certain things that are going to bring the ugliness out of you, you got to be aware of that. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to understand, um, your boundaries or what you're, what you're able to kind of take on. So I don't know if that answered your question, but, Absolutely. um, that's what I have for that. But self-care boundaries, having that real conversation with God and, um, he will never, you know, steer you wrong, but have a real conversation about what you're struggling with. That's a huge, huge thing. Um, and just being vulnerable. Yeah. So what I wasn't like zoning out. I was, it's the scripture that was coming to my mind as you were talking that I was like trying to find it before you finished. <laughs> like what you said, like one thing that I caught that you said was just like, get, like we said, being asking God to reveal to you like what it is that you need, right? What it is that you're going through, what can really get you out of that situation, talking to God, right? But one thing I can't, I'm going to find it because I'm definitely going to come back to it. But there was a scripture I remember reading where it talks about how the elders Mm -hmm. should give wisdom to those who, you know, to the youth. Yeah. Right. The ones who have gone through and have experienced and have, um, you know, like when you're down or when you're low, go to the elders. Mm -hmm. Right. Go to them. And so one thing that I'm thinking about is like we're talking about like how to balance that. We always think of like anybody that when it comes to Christians, like anytime we got to cry out, share, pour out that God is our only resource. And I want to say, yes, he's the head, right? You can absolutely take everything to God, like won't deny that. And I do believe that for some people, that's all it takes, right? Their faith is at a level where 
all it takes is for me to go have a conversation with God, for me to hear from God, and I'm moving out of this situation. But for people whose faith isn't developed there yet, or people who, like we said, if you're struggling with mental illness or you're struggling with trauma, struggling with anything, it's hindering you from making that connection with God, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to go to Christ-like people. You have to go mm-hmm. to people who have, you know, or who are on this path before you or who have the experience, have been through, or can just help you see it more clearly. And like mm-hmm. we, like, I don't know why I keep coming back to it, but like God puts people in places for specific reasons. Like we said, teachers, therapists, like counselors alike, God sets them up for a reason. So if that's the resource, and especially there are way more, I feel like now than I've ever heard of before, Christian therapists, Christian counselors, who, you know, people who are faith-based where they can bring you the word, they can help you. If you're struggling mentally, there's a disconnect. So they can help you make those connections in the word of how to cast your cares on God right? How to pour out, how to ask God to reveal things to you. They can help you grow in that area. And I think for a lot of us, we think counseling is like, oh, I'm just crying to somebody. I don't know, (laughs) telling them about my problems. But like the reality is they're helping you, you know, break through, break up, work through those things to get you closer to God in so many places. Because like Danny said, when she, since counseling, she's been able, her mind has been cleared. Right. Her ears have been opened in so many areas where she's able to hear more clearly or the path that she's supposed to take is more clear for her to see. If you're struggling with mental health and so many things are going through your head, it's that much more difficult for you to just cast your cares on God. You're going to need somebody to stand in proxy for you for a little bit. Right. Or to help you get to that place. And I think if we kind of change that outlook and look at it that way counseling and therapy isn't just you crying out to somebody it's somebody in a lot of cases I feel like going to God for you Mm -hmm. you know or teaching you how to break through these things so that you can have that straight connection with God Mm. therapy as a form of intercession yes 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 and I think that's the, the beauty of God anointing people in that arena because, and people may never know because as a therapist, we're trained not to bring our beliefs into session, right? So I'm not going to come in and say, well, I'm a believer in God and thus saith the Lord and things like that. Right. Um, it's just who I am. Um, but I think the beauty of having that anointing is that there are things that my client, and this has happened so many times, there are things that my client will never share with me or open up at that time. God is already revealing what I need to be talking about. God is already revealing on the things that I need to touch on. And it's not in a um not an in- intrusion, but so that I can help and so that I can help guide you to the right direction. So that's why I always say it is intercession and it is being careful. I always say be careful of choosing the right therapist as well, but that can go into a whole different conversation, but um making sure and I always speak about just because you need therapy doesn't mean that you should just go to anybody because mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you're going to the right person that you feel comfortable because therapy is 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 a place of of being vulnerable and open with your emotions and the things that you experience so just being comfortable with that person um is a huge piece of, of therapy definitely um i want to go back to what you said earlier you said um 
um, self-care. You advocate Mm -hmm. for self-care. Can you give us some tips, some tools, some examples of what that is for us who are, you know, maybe not talking to a counselor yet, but still kind of, you know, going through, like we said, dealing with trauma of what we see on the news right now, just the heightened place that everything is in. What are some good, like, self-care, mental health tips that we can do intentionally to help in the meantime? Sure. Um, I always say pay attention to how things make you feel um, or act or react. Um, For instance, I don't listen to the news. There are certain things that I choose not to watch because it riles my emotions up and it gets me to a place where I just don't feel like I'm I'm in a positive space. Or there are people that we can surround ourselves with that doesn't really um, make us feel positive or make us feel good. So I'm a big person in in making sure that you're protecting your peace, protecting your place of peace, um, your place of peace, uh, paying attention (laughs) to how people make you feel. Um, Because that has a big, big um, way of kind of affecting how you live your life how you go throughout the day and things like that. There are certain people, even in my family, that I choose not to talk to. God's still working on me, but I choose not to because of what they bring. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's protecting your peace. Yeah. Um. So that that's self-care. Um. But also paying attention to what makes you feel good. So me, you know, listening to music, that makes me feel good. Me talking to certain people, that makes me feel good or going for a walk by myself. So paying attention to all your body, paying attention to what affects your physical reactions. That's a part of self-care, but also doing fun things. So there's a lot going on in the world, but if you can find those people or those friends that bring joy to you, that you can relax and completely be yourself around, that's a part of self-care. But also knowing your limits. I always tell people, know your boundaries. Know when you're taking on too much. Mm-hmm. Know when you have to let certain things go or not complete things in a certain amount of time. So some people are very strict, myself be, being very strict on deadlines and things like that. Um, so we're moving the pressure and being careful of your boundaries and what you can take on, what you can't take on. Um, but also like for, and, and a lot of times I have to tell people for married folk, um, there are certain things that God has created, you know, to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and as well as your spouse. I'm just going to be honest. Um, well, things like that. I'm amen. just being for real. Well, um, well, so in well. that aspect, um, but things that pay, like if you like reading, you like working out, um, you like riding your bike, things like that. I always preach about self-care, paying attention to what makes you feel good, you know, um, or don't feel like when you don't feel good paying attention to that so you can x some of those things out but um it starts in your mental it's it definitely starts in your mental but if you're seeing that you are becoming upset or angry at certain things those are like the cues and triggers to know maybe i need to cut that out or maybe i shouldn't go over there because i always end up feeling like this so um just paying attention to your physical paying attention to what makes you feel good and doing more of those things that make you feel good you're taking time for yourself. Yeah. Love that. Danny, did you have anything else you want to uh want Lily to chime in on? Uh, you know, did not our hearts <laughs> burn within as the God woman spoke with us along the way? <laughs> Why are you so deep? Lord Jesus, she's so That's sad. what they say. That's you what can't they help say it. After Look. They <laughs> 
she stresses me out. <laughs> Why are you like Ooh, today? I can say yes. Sometimes, you know, they be like, I'd be like, no, my heart did not burn with me. I cannot. Ooh, anyway, um, I told you, being shady, uh, petty, uh, pray for me. Anyway, I'm gonna that out. <laughs> um, no, mm, no, I think, I think. Uh, we hit a lot of 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 good things. You know, I feel like uh, the one thing that I just hope everyone gets out of this is just that uh, God loves you and um, God will staff your life with the people that you need that have the resources that you need um but you have to be open to to doing it you have to be open to those relationships you have to be open to your counselor you have to be open to having a mentor and even in that you know not just being open to the relationship but making sure that that relationship is is real mm-hmm. you know you you relationships aren't worth their their way if you not if you're not gonna take the risk and open up and be honest about what's going on and I feel like a lot of church people because I think we hit this in like episode one we talked about how church church people are really good with masks we really good with acting yeah you know yeah. we we're really good at that and I feel like that's one of the reasons why. You know, we're good at acting. So as long as I can act the part and nobody can see that I'm getting ready to bust at the seams, it's yeah. okay. Um, but also your pastor, if he is not a licensed counselor, is not a licensed counselor. Mm-hmm. He he or she has the capacity to handle certain things. That's right. But, you know... You you need to ask for some additional resources. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 I feel that what one thing. Doing? One thing yeah. that my job. So we've been on this this heavy um, anti racist place. We're trying to dismantle the racist systems within our uh, job and in teaching. Period. Right. And one of the things that we say more than anything else is like, before we talk about anything, it's like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think working through mental health issues, working through fear, working through pain and trauma and hurt, if you want to overcome and you want to get to a better place mentally so that you can hear from God more clearly, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because he's going to show you you before yeah. you can get to that better place. Good and I think with, with everything that we talked about, that's what's hitting me. Like, you yeah. got to get comfortable with opening up. We are so guarded. We yeah. built these walls of protection so high that God can't even get through. Mm-hmm. And God uses people to help. Like, we're so yeah. untrustworthy and so afraid to just open up. Now, again, I'm not saying just don't go just talking to anybody. Because like Lily said, you got to know, you got to, you know, protect your peace. You got to know who's really for you and who's not. But we as Christians, 
we've built this, you know, all I got to do is go to God. I only got to talk to God. I ain't got to talk to no one, no one else that it's kind of turned into hate almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's turned into like this angry person or this prideful person. And if you read the Bible at all, no matter what chapter you read, you know, pride ain't in it at all. Right. Like you have to dismantle your your blockades <laughs> before yeah. God can really get through or bring the people in your life to push you there. Cause this I'm saved, but right. That's our podcast. I'm saved, but movement is me and Danny sharing with you conversations and questions and stories that we've had on how our friendship has showed us that that's exactly how we can build a relationship with God. We got to open up. We got to talk about those difficult conversations. We got to work through the trauma and sometimes therapy or counseling is a way to do that. Amen. Okay. I want to first definitely say thank you, Lily, for coming out. You can stay on with us because we, we definitely have been ending these last couple, especially these heavy conversations with a little prayer. Danny, you want to pray this time? Huh? Huh? Nothing. Huh, nothing. We definitely want to just cover us because we opened up some things in this conversation. And for the people who are listening, we've, you know, shared some things that may have, you know, brought some memories back, brought up some trauma or have pushed you into a place where you're like, okay, I want to seek a counselor or I want to find some like-minded people. So we definitely want to cover y'all in prayer before we get out of here. Most definitely. All right, Danny, when you ready? Girl, and Lily on here too. Uh Uh-huh. Talk to the Lord, Danny. It's annoying to be over here. Okay. So silly. All right. No, but for real. Um, Here we go. God, thank you. Thank you so much for being a a loving father. Thank you for loving us so much that you have already created people that have the capacity to handle our authentic selves. And Father, we're asking that in this season that you will reveal to us those people who have the capacity to handle who we are, to handle our trauma, to handle our pain, our our scars, God, to handle the anointing and the calling that you have put on our lives. Father, I thank you that in this season that you are renewing our mind. God, we thank you that the Holy Spirit who leads us in all truth will lead us to the truth about who you say we are. As your children, God, we thank you that in this season, Father, Father, that you will restore us just like you restored the woman with the issue of blood. God, we thank you that you will not just be our last resort, God. God, but you will be our first resort. And God, I thank you that with you and with counseling, God, that you will create, that you will do a work in us. You will complete a work in us, God. And we thank you that you will get all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you again so much, Lily, for coming out and just sharing your wisdom, dropping some knowledge on (laughs) us. Um, Girl, do you have some social medias? You want to put your social medias out there? 
Well, we can look, follow you at no. Just on Facebook. Look, I don't yes. do too much to so yeah. Our okay. Lillian Hill on Facebook. That's about okay. it. If we'd love to have you back. I'm sure you know, mental health conversations come up in just about everything with dealing sure. with uh Christianity and the Christian walk. So we definitely hope to have you back. Let Thank me know. You so Thank you guys so much. Thank Absolutely. you guys. Yeah. Thank you for joining in with episode five of the I'm Saved But podcast entitled I'm Saved, but my mind's telling me no. Part two. Um, <laughs> part two. Part two. You're right. Part two. Uh, we we so appreciative of Lily just joining in with that conversation. Make sure y'all come back for episode six next week, Tuesday at 5 p.m. I'm saved, but are we there yet, right? So we're talking about this Christian walk and I can tell you right now we're not, but we're gonna work on that in episode six. So definitely make sure you come back. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on any platform where podcasts are available. Um, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at I'm saved, but uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel hit the like button, subscribe, share, send it. If you liked what we just talked about, send it to your friends, send it to your mama, send it to your cousin, whoever. Get the word out there that we are on this I'm Saved But movement and we are ready to share this space with everyone. Everyone. And always remember, I love you. I love you more. We love you 3,000. Bye. Bye.